The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, everyone. This is Galen McDowell, the Executive Minister, Senior Assistant Minister, and the Director of the John Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple. And this is the show, Truth Transforms. Now, for the last few weeks, I've been uh, bringing on different UFBO ministers, and we've been talking about prayer. But I promised you that I would complete the book, The Power of Intention, by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I only had one week to go. So I said, you know what, let me take a break for one week and stop recording the ministers talking about prayer and actually complete this book so everyone has the opportunity to just have completion with this particular phase of my teaching, The Power of Intention. So you can you know, continue to work with it. I'm sure you read the book for those out there who are new to the podcast. I was teaching the book, The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer for several months. I love this book. I think this book is insightful. I think it's a game changer. And I hope that you uh, got a lot out of it. I really do, because I, I, like I said before, I think that this book is definitely, definitely a game changer. And it's my hope and prayer that you actually bought the book. Bought the book, yes. And started to work with it because that makes a difference because I'm pulling out the highlights. But as you dig down into the book, you do your own prayer work, your own meditation, your own contemplation, then the spirit within you will reveal to you what you need to get out of it. And that's the main thing, right? All right. So chapter 15 is the last book of the chapter of the book. A portrait of a person connected to the field of intention. So what this is basically saying to us is this. What does it look like? What does a person who walks in this elevated level of spiritual awareness look like in their everyday life? So Wayne Dyer starts off by saying, a person who lives in a state of unity with the source of all life doesn't look any different from ordinary folks. So in other words, you won't know just because you're in Starbucks standing next to someone that they are necessarily in an elevated state of consciousness unless you can start to pay attention and you have the spiritual sensitivity to pick up on it. It's like everybody else driving cars, you know, uh, walking down the street, wearing normal clothes. People aren't walking around levitating or, or with the entourage, just folks who are dedicated to working on their consciousness to express more God. All right. But he did say, but when you notice that they go through life as the lucky ones who seem to get all the breaks. And when you begin to talk to them, you realize how distinctive they are compared to people living at ordinary levels of awareness. So there's something different about them when you engage with them, how they use their conversation, their energy, the things that they talk about, their ideas. What's important to them? You know, how they don't say no to themselves. As I often say to my daughter, Angel, never say no to yourself. You're going to bump into enough no's in the world. Don't say no to yourself. Anyway, 
He goes on to write, these people whom I call connectors signify their harmonious connection with the field of intention and are individuals who have made themselves available for success. It is impossible to get them to, to be pessimistic about achieving what they desire in their lives. Rather than using language that indicates that their desires may not materialize, they speak from an inner conviction that communicates their profound and simple knowing that the universal source supplies everything. What this is saying simply is this. These people are exceptionally optimistic. They're possibility thinkers. They're opportunity thinkers. They think about supply. They think about wholeness and love, even when the appearances say differently. You can learn a lot about people by because of the way they talk. I can remember when I first started studying New Thought, when I first joined Christ Universal Temple, started attending. I don't know if I was a member at the time. But when I first started attending Christ Universal Temple, maybe I was about, if I would guess, maybe about six months in, seven months in, when it comes to actually studying the information. So in other words, I had a class. I read a lot of books in that short amount of time, and my language started to change. And I was a cashier at a grocery store, uh, Dominic's Finer Foods. And I was talking to a bagger as I was ringing up some people, you know, it was long line of like normal. And I can remember the the, the bagger talking some really in a really negative way, some real pessimistic language. And I just turned it around on him and started talking about why he had to believe in himself. And there's a power within him that, you know, that knows what to do, when to do it and how to do it. Now, that wasn't my language then, but I was explaining it at my level of understanding at that age. And what's funny about it is the woman that I was ringing up looked at me and she said, you go to Johnny Coleman's church, don't you? And I said, yes. Do you attend? How do you know? Do you attend? She said, no, you sound like them. And that was insightful to me. You sound like them. It makes a difference. You sound like them. See, when your language starts to change, people pay attention. All right. So pessimistic folks pay attention. People pay attention when you're pessimistic. People pay attention when you're optimistic. People pay attention when you talk with faith and courage. And people pay attention when you focus on failure and lack. So Wayne Dyer went on to write. They don't say with my luck, things won't work out. Instead, you're more, much more likely to hear them hear something like, I intend to create this and I know it will work out. No matter how you might attempt to dissuade them by pointing out all the reasons why their optimism ought to be curtailed, they seem blissfully blinded to reality check repercussions. It's almost if they are in a different world 
a world in which they can't hear the reasons why things won't work out. And I think this is a really important part because they do live in a different world. We live on the same planet. But we don't live on the, in the same or on or in the same world. Probably in is probably a better term. And I'm talking metaphysically now. We don't live in the same worldview. When you elevate in consciousness, what he's talking about, these people who are connectors, people who walk with a greater conscious awareness of the spirit within, around, above, beneath, beyond, and interpenetrating, the omnipresence of God. They're not living in the world of common human consciousness. They're living in a different context. They're living in a different paradigm. Therefore, they're living in a different world, a world of supply, a world of wisdom, a world of understanding, a world of love, a world of power, a love, a world of healing. The next paragraph states, if you engage them in conversation about this idea, they simply say something like, I refuse to think about what can't happen because I'll attract exactly what I think about. So only think about what I know will happen. It doesn't matter to them what's happening, happened before, excuse me. They don't relate to the concepts of failure or impossible. They simply, without fanfare, are unaffected by reasons for being pessimistic. And I wrote in my book next to this faith thinking. So what I want you to do is go online if you don't have the book by Charles Fillmore called The Revealing Word, The Revealing Word. And it's a free version online on truthunity.net. And I want you to look up the words faith and faith thinking. Faith, that's one word. The next word is faith thinking. Because what this is talking about is faith thinking. A faith thinker isn't an isn't a reasonable thinker. You have to be unreasonable to be a faith thinker. Because there's a lot of reasons why something can't happen. The faith thinker is not dictated to by precedent. And I think when you read those definitions by Charles Fillmore, it'll give you some insight on how you can work with your faith to produce greater results in your life. All right. Then they wrote, he wrote, they're so well connected to the all-providing source that it is that it's as if they have a natural aura preventing anything from getting through that might weaken their connection to the creative energy of the power of intention. And I have been teaching you all for years that you are a mental field that is always radiating and, and attracting that which is consistent with your consciousness. So you are, you can build your consciousness up to where people show up with their opinions and things of that nature and that are not necessarily holistic or in alignment with the truth about God and the truth about you. And you can build your consciousness up to the place to where those negative thoughts and feelings and beliefs roll off your 
back like water off of a duck. This does not mean that you don't get good counsel. This doesn't mean that you go get a lawyer and you decide to do everything at, uh, differently than the lawyer said or go get a, a, an accountant and decide to do everything differently than the accountant said. What it's saying is this. There's a difference between getting good counsel and wisdom and allowing people to put their negative pessimism on you. It's two totally different things. I want you to be mindful so you know the difference. So he goes on to write, connectors don't place their thoughts on what they don't want because, as they'll tell you, the source of all can only respond with what it is, and what it is is infinite supply. It can't relate to scarcity or things not working out because it's none of these things. If I say to the source of all things, it probably won't work, I will receive back from it precisely what I sent to it. So I know better than to think anything other than what my source is. And this is key because this is one of the reasons why understanding the fundamentals matters. I'm going to recommend that you go back through my archives and start to work with the series Lessons in Truth. It was 12 lessons where I taught the fundamentals of new thought. I also want you to take a look at my YouTube seminar, New Thought, The Science of Mental and Spiritual Mastery, because I went through a lot of information on that online seminars on YouTube. And those two will help you reinforce or remind you of the fundamentals so you can pull your mind back when it gets out of alignment. All of us get out of alignment. It's like a car. You're driving a car after a while. Many times you need a wheel alignment or you need some new tires because the car will start to drift left or right just because it's just slightly out of alignment. Well, your prayer work, your studying, your meditation work, your contemplative thought processes and their classes, listening to the, my podcast, haha, are all ways in which you help yourself realign with the truth within yourself. And that's necessary. You have to stay in alignment. All right. Did you say it talks about on page 247? the mindset of these connectors. He says, if you talk to them about how to get it done, they'll say something like this. It's simple. They'll tell you, just reconnect to your source and be like your source and your intentions will match up perfectly with the all-providing source. This is why you have to do the consistent work. So you're not trying to tackle life with the intellect, with the ego alone. From a personality standpoint alone, there's a power within you. There's a wisdom within you. There's a life activity within you that knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. There's an all-providing source within you. But you can't skip the steps of growth. Many people try to demonstrate beyond their level of consciousness, and then they get frustrated. This stuff doesn't work and all of all that type of stuff because 
they're trying to do the equivalent of going into a boxing ring after training for two days and trying to fight 1990, excuse me, 1988's version of Mike Tyson. No. You got to get your skill up. And the studying you do is getting the skill of your consciousness up. He goes on to write. To connectors, it all seems so simple. Keep your thoughts on what you intend to create. Man. Keep the main thing the main thing. Don't let your mind drift. The moment it starts to pull one way or another away from your intention, pull it back. Remember what Les Brown says. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit nothing dead on the head. Don't forget that. That's a powerful statement. All right. I love it when he says, uh, when he wrote, stay consistently matched up with the field of intention and then watch for the clues that what you are summoning from the all creative sources arriving in your life to a connector, there are simply no accidents. They perceive seemingly insignificant events as being orchestrated in perfect harmony. They believe in a synchronicity, insynchronicity, and aren't surprised when the perfect person for a situation appears or when someone they've been thinking about calls out of the blue. Or when a book arrives unexpectedly in the mail, giving them the information they needed, or when the money to finance a project they've been intending mysteriously shows up. As I said earlier, God in you knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And when you're in tune with your own spiritual wholeness, the right people, places, and opportunities present themselves, but you have to be aware so you don't miss them. That's a part of the process. You have to be aware. All right. I love the part when he wrote, connectors won't attempt to win you over to their point of view with debates. In other words, people who are really working this don't have time to argue with you to try to change your mind. Remember, a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. When you're trying to force somebody to change their mind via debate, they're going to fight harder to maintain their own mindset. All right, let's move on. He wrote, page 248. Connectors describe themselves as living in a state of appreciation and bewilderment. You're unlikely to hear them complain about anything. See, when you're in a state of appreciation, even the stuff that shows up that you don't understand, you under, you get that there's a lesson in this. There's something that you can turn this into that will show up as good. As Joseph said to his brothers after they had, you know, you know, beat him up, threw, threw him in a pit and, and he was sold into slavery, then accused by Potiphar's wife of assault, thrown in prison before he became second to the Pharaoh in Egypt. And was in, in the space to be able to help his family, along with many millions of others, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, live through a drought. And he said to them as they were apologizing, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. 
That doesn't mean that God needed him to go through all of these challenging experiences. What Joseph was trying to say was, I flipped this because I've used this opportunity to be put in a position to be able to help my family. So if you didn't do what you did, I wouldn't have grown and developed and understood and gotten to the space to where I'm next to Pharaoh. So even as you look at your situations and circumstances, you might think, oh, my God, this was horrible. This is whatever. What is the good that you can get out of it? What were the lessons you learned from it? How did you develop because of it? Somebody else might have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Then it says, he wrote, connectors appreciate the world and everything in it. Skipping a few lines, he says, they have a consciousness of the oneness and therefore they make no distinctions such as them or those people. In other words, all people are my people. All people are my people. That doesn't mean that you can't enjoy, acknowledge, or even celebrate your individual ethnic background, culture, nation, religious background, family, etc. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that spiritual beings live in a space where we understand that we're one with God, we're one with all people, we're one with all life, and we're one with the one. So you can enjoy the differences and the distinctions of race and gender and culture without making somebody right and wrong or them versus us and all of the tribalistic thoughts that go along with it. Just think about it. Just think about it. So we're almost at a space that we're about to take our break. So I do want to remind you that a couple of reminders. One, I have a, uh, I'm going to be a part of a seminar that's coming up called Ignite Your Dream on March 18th at 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, Christ Universal Temple is hosting it. You can go to the uh, cutemple.org, click on the link, whatever they have there, so you can uh, register for the Zoom link to be a part of it. Uh, it's going to be powerful. I, along with several other people that are associated with my uh, ministry here will be presenting our senior minister, Reverend Wells and others, and it's going to be great. So you want to make sure that you bring your dream to the conference online conference so you can help uh, to help yourself develop your good. I also want to remind you that you, um, you know, I want to move up the list of Google when it comes to truth transforms. As most of you know, this show used to be on, uh, Unity Online Radio before that folded. And even though my show had, you know, really great numbers, you know, overall, Unity decided to discontinue the complete program and nothing but love for them for the 10 years that I was on that platform. But because they went away, you know, I had the whole first page. Everything that said Truth Transforms was me. So I'm asking you yet again, just for 30 days, go on to the mindbodyspirit.fm, find my page, save it, and just go on it once a day and just click on it so I can get the links so the algorithm will start to push me up to the top. Because So when I type in Truth Transforms, I'll see Truth Transforms or Reverend Galen McDowell right at the top. 
that's my goal. And I want, I'm asking you to help me with that process. Also, also be reminded that, you know, I'm also doing something on, you can go on YouTube and look up uh, something I've been doing, a little side project with um, Five F's for Love Network um, that I'm calling the Meta Behind Relationships, where I'm teaching metaphysics in the context of relationships. It's a video podcast. And if you go and type in the Meta Behind Relationships with Reverend Gayla McDowell, my name should pop up. So, um, you know, I've been doing things like dating and religion, meeting no one but me, uh, healthy communication, and all from a metaphysical context. So if you're dating or if you're in a space where you are uh, in a relationship and you want to enhance it, it could be a way in which you can develop. Uh, it can be some information to help you develop, flip and transform what you're doing. If you're not, if you're just in a dating world right now, not just, but it just, but dating right now or seeking to date, it can give you some insight about yourself and how to engage going forward from a metaphysical point of view. So check it out. I would greatly appreciate it. And, um, you know, go to my Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, and give me some feedback. Give me, inbox me. Let me know, not just about this show, but anything that I'm doing or you want to connect with me. It's a quick and easy way to connect with me. Also on Instagram, because I check my Instagram quite often, on the Galen McDowell. Nice picture of me standing up and smiling. It's an open page. And um, so, you know, with, and, and, you know, I put some positive stuff on there so you could take a look at it. Anyway. These are some of the things that I just need your help with. So if uh, I'm requesting your help and support, and I appreciate all of you all for sticking with me throughout the years. So therefore, um, let's, um, you know, take this quick break and I'll be right back with Food Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. So let's wrap up this chapter so we can wrap up this book on uh, the power of intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. So I'm on page 28 and he goes on to write 248, not 28, 248. It's, it is because of this connecting link that connectors are so adept at attracting into their lives the cooperation and assistance of others on the fulfilling of their own intentions. Why is this important? Because when you're on a spiritual consciousness, you draw the right people. And people love confident, successful, loving people. Therefore, you will draw people who are connecting to your vision, purpose, and sense of mission. This is really important. Don't miss it. Because this is one of the keys to getting ahead. Top of page 249, he wrote, consequently, Living in the field of intention, the entire system 
of life in the universe is available to access anything their attention is on because they are already connected to this life-giving energy system and all of its creations. And what that means is simply this. When you realize you're one with God, you're one with all the resources of the universe. So somebody else's information is potentially yours. That don't mean that you have a right to copyright. I'm not talking about at a legal human level. I'm not talking about going to take somebody else's money from their bank or home at a human level. What I'm saying is you're connected to the ideas, the resources, the energy and substance necessary to produce it. So since God is no respecter of person, if somebody else did it, it's possible for you. It's possible for you. And I just want you to be present to that. It's possible for you. You're connected to everyone else. Somebody in Australia and you're in Dallas, Texas, can be the very person that helps you do what you do. I was watching this documentary and it was a, of a pro wrestler, actually, uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. And he wears these masks that uh, Mexican wrestlers wear. They don't uh, show their faces. It's a big, uh, forgot what it's called in their in their business. But anyway, as he was out doing wrestling with the masks, some young man contacted him from Japan and said, uh, I can design masks for you, and I want to give you a, a, a few free samples so you can see what type of work that I do. And that was 20 years ago. This young man who followed the career of this particular, at the time, young pro wrestler and liked him, just started making masks that the he thought the wrestler might want to wear. And now this man is getting money from Japan. I mean, while living in Japan, while this wrestler in the United States from Mexico uses his designs for masks all around the world. Supply is always available when you're open and receptive to the ideas. All right, back to the book. He starts talking about how people, uh, connectors start talking about things like the law of attraction. He wrote, of course, it's the law of attraction at work. Stay tuned vibrationally to the source of all life that intended you. And everyone else here and all the powers of the field, that field of intention will cooperate with you to bring into your life what you desire. I love that. Stay in tune. And know that you are a mental field that is always radiating and attracting. So when you are a possibility thinker, a spiritual thinker, a prosperous thinker, a spiritual thinker, you will draw unto you that which corresponds to your dominant ways of thinking. Hopefully that lands. All right. And he starts talking about how your high spiritual consciousness can dissolve lower energies and vibrations around you. So when you show up, the energy changes in the space. I love that. Absolutely love that. Now, what I want to focus on now is on page 250. And I love what he wrote. He, he, he wrote, connectors tell you without hesitation that they choose to feel good regardless of what's going on around them or how, or how others might judge them. Now, think about it. 
I choose to feel good. Well, what about what's going on in your body? I choose to feel good. What about what's going on in, with your money? I choose to feel good. But what about what's going on with your job or business? I choose to feel good. What's going on with your marriage or relationship? I choose to feel good. What about what's going on with your family? I choose to feel good. But what about what's going on in your neighborhood or the city or the county or the state or the country or some other country or the war over there or the problems here? I choose to feel good. Me feeling bad will not help someone else feel good. Me feeling bad will not improve anyone else's situation. Just a thought. Anyone on the right. If you ask them why they don't feel bad when so many bad things are happening in the world, They'll smile and remind you that the world of spirit from which all is intended in peace uh, is, is intended works in peace, love, harmony, kindness, and abundance. And that's where I choose to reside within myself. My feeling bad will only ensure that I attract more feeling bad into my life. So again, this is why I said earlier, they live in a different world. That's why Jesus told the people in Galilee. My kingdom is not of this world or Judea, wherever he was when he said it. My kingdom is not of this world. I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. Hmm. All right. Then he talks about connectors are always in touch with their infinite nature. That is not something that they fear. And they'll tell you if they ask that they were never truly born and never will die. They see death as taking off of a garment or moving from one room to another, merely a transition. This is why I always tell people at funerals and memorial services, the one scripture I love from Jeremiah. Now, uh, Jeremiah chapter one, verses four and five. Now, the word of the Lord came before me saying. Before I formed you in the womb. I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. Now, people can say, well, he was just speaking to Jeremiah, but if that's the case, then we have to disqualify all the different scriptures because we can because we can say, well, he isn't talking to us now, Well, God isn't talking to us now, versus saying, how can I apply this information to myself now? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This body is a vehicle through which the spirit and soul expresses. This body is not the totality of me. It's an aspect of me. It is the impermanent part of me that the permanence of me expresses through. Then he goes on and right. You simply can't convince connectors that what they, they're intending won't materialize because they trust in their connection to the source so strongly. So, People, these connectors that Wayne Dyer calls them are big on outcomes. They demonstrate, they manifest, they make stuff happen. Matter of fact, that's a great af affirmation to say for yourself. 
I demonstrate good things. I manifest good things. I make good things happen. Just, just a thought. And he says they think from the end. They don't think from the beginning. They see it already completed. Thinking from the end matters when you're seeking to demonstrate or manifest your good. Then he talks about the generosity, about how these people are givers. You know, Johnny Coleman used to tell us tithers are never broke. And that was her way of saying that the law of giving is the law is giving and receiving, not receiving and giving. The moment you think you don't have anything to give, you're truly in the bondage of lack. There's always something to give. If it's not your treasure, it's your time. If it's not your time and treasure, it's your talent. There's always something to give. Page 252, the energy is exceptionally high. It's an energy that defines them as connectors. It's the energy of the source, a fast vibrational frequency that brings love to the presence of hatred and converts hatred to love. Now, that doesn't mean that they're hyper people. It just means that they radiate this energy of getting it done. They're not down in the dumps. Their body language isn't suppressed. They walk with confidence. They know who they are. But he did say they often get labeled as aloof and distant because they don't gravitate towards small talk and gossip. Just be mindful of that. They don't have to participate in the bringing down of other people. Or the organ recital, my neck, my finger, my ankle, my knee, and, you know, trying to outdo somebody else's problem and injury by talking about their own. All right. Then he wrote page 253. As you observe these connections, you'll note that they don't dwell on illness and death. They move their life in their uh, as if their body is in perfect health. They actually think and feel that any current disease pattern has never been present and they believe they are already healed. Now, they might be working through something, but something might pop up, but they work their, in their consciousness to get the understanding that there is nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed. That's another affirmation, just sometimes just to sit in your bed and just affirm for 10 minutes. You can even set a clock and just say over and over again and just put your attention on different parts of your body it just say there's nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed. There's nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed. Over and over and over again. You do that five or ten minutes a day for 90 days, just perfect stillness, no distractions, and allow yourself to feel the intention of, of those of that affirmation can be a game changer in your life. There's nothing to be healed. There's only God to be revealed. And when God is revealed, that which was which was showing up as error dissipates because if God didn't create it, it's not real, meaning permanent, enduring, and uh, e- eternal, and enduring and permanent. If it doesn't measure up to the Christ standard of perfection, it can be changed, as Myrtle Fillmore wrote. So these people not only can make 
what we call illness disappear in their own bodies, but they have enough of a high spiritual consciousness to see wholeness in others and help them remove illness out of the other people's bodies. I've seen it myself. I've seen it. So I'm not talking about something that's theory. One, I went through my own spiritual healing, so it's not theory for me when I was only 20 years old and almost died from asthma. So I know it's not theory. It's not something I read in the book. I know God's healing power resides within human beings. Then he wrote, connectors are always aware of the need to avoid low energy. In other words, they're mindful of who they have around them energetically because you can't drag people to success. You know, as Erica Badu wrote in the song, Bag Lady, Bag Lady, you're going to miss your bus. You can't hurry up. You got too much stuff. And sometimes stuff are pe- stuff uh, can be the beliefs that people hold. And sometimes it's the people that are connected to you because of the beliefs you hold. So I'm going to wrap up what I'm, you know, this this series on exploring the power of intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Again, I want you to just get the book. Next week, we'll start back with the prayer of uh, the power of prayer series, uh, because I'm really enjoying interviewing these different ministers. But I want you just to be present. If you haven't bought the book, The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer, I strongly suggest you do so. Work with it. Even if you can only work, read it one day a week, read it one day a week with great intention. If you can read it 10 minutes a day and you can only do a few pages because you're a slow reader, continue just to read it. All right. Don't let it go until it blesses you. That's the process. So if you just stay on it, stay persistent, you will get your breakthroughs. I appreciate all of your support. I love you all, even if I don't know you personally, because I know who you are and what's in you. You are a divine spiritual being, and there's something radically right about you. God bless you and enjoy your day. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.